Welcome into Locked On Blackhawks. Today is Monday, July 27th, 2020. I am your host, Jack Bushman, tuning in for the 177th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcasts, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day, so make sure to go do that. Also, please go follow our Twitter page, which can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, as some good stuff will be posted there every day as well. By the way, today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Make sure to check it out and tell them the Lockdown Podcast Network sent you. Alright, to kick off the show today, I want to talk about all of the news coming from Blackhawks training camp over the weekend, starting with goaltender Corey Crawford finally making an appearance on Friday after previously being deemed unfit to participate for a majority of the first two weeks of training camp. So, Crawford finally was back in action at Fifth Third Arena on both Friday and Saturday, taking a good amount of reps during practice and in the scrimmage on Saturday, and... Of course, he did look a bit rusty in net, but that is kind of what you expect from a goaltender who just hit the ice for the first time in over four months. So, nonetheless, great to see Crow back in action this weekend. And as I talked about on Friday's episode, Crawford's participation in practice, a little tongue twister there, gave the team enough confidence to place him on the finalized 31-man postseason roster that was due on Friday night, which we'll get to here in just a moment. But now that Crawford is on the roster and we know that he was not dealing with an injury, then expect him to be in goal for Game 1 versus Edmonton on Saturday, August 1st, which is coming up this week, ladies and gentlemen. We officially have playoff hockey this week. I cannot begin to tell you how excited I am for this March Madness-style postseason for the NHL. Hockey all day, every day, starting this weekend... Let me tell you, this week cannot go by fast enough. But back to Crawford. As you just heard me say, we know that he is not dealing with an injury. And for those of you who don't know, over the weekend, Crawford came out and said that he did test positive for COVID-19 before the start of training camp. And he took some extra precautions before rejoining his teammates, which of course led to the lengthy absence. But Crawford said that he was surprised when he tested positive for COVID-19, but he hasn't had the virus for some time now, and he appears to be full steam ahead with the Blackhawks for their playoff run, which is so good to hear after all the worries and doubts about his status the last couple of weeks, because I think we all know that if Corey Crawford isn't in net for the Hawks, then this team is not going anywhere. It's going to be hard enough to upset Edmonton even with Crow in net, but Having him back certainly gives Chicago a glimpse of hope heading into the weekend. Moving on now to the Blackhawks' final 31-man postseason roster, which did not really have any surprises as the four cuts were forward Reese Johnson, defenseman Chad Chris and Brent Seabrook, with Seabrook, of course, not feeling healthy enough to travel with the team to Edmonton, as we talked about on Friday. And then Matt Tompkins was the only goaltender not included on the roster, as the Hawks surprisingly elected to bring Kevin Lankin in as well, just as a little bit of a security blanket if something were to go terribly wrong in net. So kind of a smart decision, in my opinion, to bring Lankin in along. So 
The final postseason roster included 17 forwards, 10 defensemen, and 4 goaltenders. And to quickly read off the names here, we got Drake Kajula, Ryan Carpenter, Kirby Dock, Alex Debrinkit, Mackenzie Entwistle, Brandon Hagel, Matthew Highmore, David Kampf, Patrick Kane, Dominic Kubalik, Philip Kurashev, Alex Nylander, John Quenville, Brandon Saad, Dylan Sakira, Dylan Strom, and Jonathan Taze as the 17 forwards, Nicholas Bodan, Adam Boquist, Lucas Carlson, Calvin DeHaan, Oli Mata, Connor Murphy, Alec Regula, and Nick Sealer as the 10 defensemen. And then, as I just said, Corey Crawford, Malcolm Subban, Colin Delia, and Kevin Lankinen will serve as the four goaltenders on the roster. So, there you have it, the Blackhawks' final 31-man postseason roster that they will roll with for however long their playoff run is. And don't forget that they also have an exhibition game coming up in just two days against the St. Louis Blues where they'll be able to dress 13 forwards and 7 defensemen. So it'll definitely be interesting to see what two guys the Hawks will give an extra look on Wednesday. And my guess would be that Dylan Sakura gets the nod for the 13th forward spot in the lineup, as he's been really impressive lately at training camp. And then I think Lucas Carlson will slot in as the 7th defenseman. But I also wouldn't be surprised to see the Hawks go with Nick Sealer in that position either, as... Although I definitely think that Carlson is definitely the better blue liner at the moment, Sealer does just have a bit more NHL experience, which could earn him a look. And we also could see the Hawks be without Connor Murphy on Wednesday, as we heard him talk about a lingering groin injury that was uh, actually the reason that kept him absent from training camp lately. And he has not yet practiced in a full capacity with the Blackhawks. He is trending in the right direction, but... Not back to a 100% participant yet at practice. So that will definitely be something to keep an eye on in the exhibition game against the St. Louis Blues on Wednesday night. Alright, I think that takes care of all the latest Blackhawks news out of training camp that I wanted to discuss. Now let's move on to our weekly Mailbag Monday segment, where I answer a couple of questions from the fans right here live on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. But first, I need to talk about rockauto.com the best place to shop for all your auto and body needs. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. Visit rockauto.com and tell them the Lockdown Podcast Network sent you. That's rockauto.com for an amazing selection and reliably low prices. Listen, we've all had our share of car problems. How much easier is it when you have an auto and body shop that you can rely on? Well, rockauto.com has your back for all the car parts you'll ever need in any situation. One more time, Check out rockauto.com for reliably low prices and an amazing selection, and make sure to let them know the Lockdown Podcast Network sent you. rockauto.com, an auto and body shop that you can trust for reliably low prices. Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening today. I am your host, Jack Bushman. Be sure to check out my personal Twitter page at JackBushman2 and my Blackhawks Twitter page at Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Also, 
be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free wherever you listen to your podcast and also on Twitter to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out every day. All right, so we just finished talking about all of the latest Blackhawks news coming out of training camp this weekend. Now that the team has officially arrived in their hub city of Edmonton, now that takes us to our weekly Mailbag Monday segment, where I select a couple of questions from the fans to talk about right here live on the podcast. So the first question I want to answer comes from Steve, whose Twitter handle is at CubsWinSeries19, who asked, Do you think the Blackhawks try and find a way to get rid of Brent Seabrook's contract during next summer's Seattle expansion draft? So, a great question here from Steve, and honestly, it's going to be extremely difficult to convince any team to willingly take on that contract unless you include a very good player or a strong prospect and picks along with it. And considering the current state of the Blackhawks, that probably is not in their best interest as they are trying to rebuild and get back to their dynasty era level of success. And it's also worth noting that Seabrook also has a full no movement clause until the end of the 2020, uh, the 2021-2022 season, even worse. So not only will the Hawks not be able to move him unless he wants to leave, but they will also probably have to protect him in the expansion draft because of this clause in his contract. So, Steve, don't expect Brent Seabrook to be going anywhere, buddy. He's going to take these next couple of months to get his shoulder back to where he wants it to be. Of course, I talked about on Friday's episode how his shoulder's been bothering him for about five years now. He hasn't been able to throw a baseball or a football for some time. And he said that the shoulder has been causing him to lose sleep for five years now. I couldn't even imagine what that could do to your body, especially with all the mileage that Seabrook has on his tires. So it, it does make sense why Seabrook was taking, I mean, at his age, it does make sense that this was finally the time that he needed to take to think about his body first for really the first time in his career. You look at his numbers, he's never missed more than like seven or eight games in a season in his whole career. So he's just been a true warrior and, it's been it's been tough for him, and I know he's upset that he's not going to be able to participate in this postseason for the Blackhawks, but he's going to do everything he can to rehab that shoulder and get ready for the 2020-2021 season, as he's made it clear on numerous occasions that he does feel that he can still contribute to a Stanley Cup contending team somewhere when he's fully healthy, so he definitely wants to be playing, and just can, because of all of this, I doubt that the Hawks would be able to convince Seattle to take on one of the NHL's worst contracts, even if the deal does get sweetened a little bit. So, Steve, Seabrook's probably going to be around for a while, my guy. Hate to break it to you, but thanks for taking the time to tweet in your question to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I hope you got the answer you were looking for. The second question I want to answer comes from Paul Sanders, who emailed in his question, which was, if the Blackhawks do wind up beating the Oilers in the first round, who do you think will be the unsung heroes that lead the team to victory? We know that 88 can't do it all by himself. So, a great question here from Paul, and I really think that if the Blackhawks are able to upset Edmonton in the best-of-five qualifying round, it's going to be because of their special teams play as well as great goaltending. We have to start with the goaltending, though, because we know that the Blackhawks' defense, although they are expected to be healthier than they were for most of the year, 
We know that they are not the strongest of groups on the back end, so Crawford is going to have to be on his A-game against this dangerous offense, led by Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. If Crawford can keep the Oilers at three goals or less, or maybe even four, honestly, then the Hawks will have a chance to win every game. Of course, doing that is easier, is easier said than done, but we know what Crawford can do in the postseason, so his potential return certainly makes me feel better about the Hawks' chances. I also think that the Hawks' penalty kill will have to be stellar against the NHL's top power play this season, which means we need to see big things out of guys like David Kampf and Ryan Carpenter, and also Connor Murphy and Calvin DeHaan on the back end. We need all those guys to be putting their bodies on the line and just doing whatever it takes to kill off a penalty, because if the Hawks are able to slow down the Oilers' man advantage just even a little bit, that increases their chances of an upset by that much. I also think that the Hawks will need to be strong on their power play to keep up with the Oilers' offense, so I also think it's important to get Dominic Kubelik and Jonathan Taze going to give the Hawks more options on their power play rather than just Patrick Kane stick-handling with the puck at the right circle looking for something to happen. So, if I had to pick a couple of unsung heroes, I'd go with David Kampf, Ryan Carpenter, and Corey Crawford as I think all three will need to play tremendously if the Hawks want to advance to the first round of the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs. So, Paul, I hope that answers your question there, buddy. Thanks again for taking the time to email in the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. All right, I think that wraps up our weekly Mailbag Monday segment. Now it's time for our other segment here on the podcast, which that being regular season recap, where I recap one of the Blackhawks players' 2019-20 regular seasons just as a bit of a refresher on how they did this year before the best-of-five playing series against the Edmonton Oilers. Jack Bushman, your host of the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. You can reach me on Twitter at JackBushman2 or at Talkin' Hockey, or you can also email the Locked On Blackhawks email, which is LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com for any questions you have about the show, myself, or anything that has to do with the NHL's 2014 postseason that's set to take place in less than a week now. So, we just finished our weekly Mailbag Monday segment, where I select a couple of questions from the fans to answer live here on the podcast. Now that takes us to our daily regular season recap segment, with today's feature being Blackhawks 26-year-old defenseman Slater Cuckoo. So, Cuckoo has quietly been one of general manager Stan Bowman's better acquisitions, as he was acquired from the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for defenseman Jan Ruda back in January of 2019, and Cuckoo went on to serve mostly as the Hawks' seventh defenseman for the remainder of the 2018-19 season, but he did perform well down the stretch when he was getting a look with some of the other guys out of the lineup. This season, though... Cuckoo played a much larger role for the Hawks, playing in 42 of the team's 70 games, with most of his starts coming in the second half of the season. Offensively, the former first-round pick racked up a career-high 10 points with one goal and nine assists, with a plus-three, plus-minus rating, while averaging 16 minutes and 45 seconds of time on ice per game, which is also a career-high. Cuckoo 
put up some solid shot block and hit numbers for his limited action with 58 blocks and 64 hits, which is not bad for a third-pairing defenseman. But he did rack up a whopping 42 penalty minutes in those games. He's not a fighter, so you know that that means he took way too many penalties this season. 42 penalty minutes in 42 games. Not what you want to see from your third-pairing defenseman. And Cuckoo also only put up 47 shots on goal, so barely one shot on goal a game, which you would like to see up a little bit, even though he's not the most offensive guy on the back end. Looking at Cuckoo's possession numbers, though, and they were actually some of the strongest on the team this year, as he posted a 52.5 Corsi percentage after recording a 51.8 Corsi percentage in 22 games for the Hawks last year, so he's been really good in his short tenure for the team possession-wise. Cuckoo was also on the ice for 26 goals, 4 to 24 against at even strength, one of the few players we've seen on the positive side of that measure since starting the series about a month ago. So, Cuckoo actually, possession-wise, was probably arguably the best Blackhawk this season. He was also relied on pretty heavily in the defensive zone, as 54% of his zone starts at even strength came in the defensive zone. And as I've talked about numerous occasions on this podcast already, but the pairing of Olimata and Slayer Cuckoo was statistically the Blackhawks' best defensive pairing with over 60 minutes together this season, which is a large reason why they've been paired together in every practice since the Hawks returned to training camp two weeks ago. So, all in all, for a so-called seventh defenseman, Cuckoo was tremendous for the Blackhawks this season. Not only was he reliable in the defensive zone with Mata most of the time, but he was also contributing offensively as well, as he actually had a three-game point streak going from January 14th to January 18th. So, to me, I would call Slater Cuckoo's 2019-20 regular season a huge success for both him and the Blackhawks, especially considering what Stan Bowman gave up to acquire him. The tough part about all of this is that Cuckoo is a restricted free agent at year's end, and with all the young defensemen currently making the jump in the Hawks system, and also considering that their backs are going to be up against a salary cap once again this offseason, Cuckoo sadly could be another player that the Hawks may just not be able to afford during the Stan Bowman era. As I said a moment ago though, look for Cuckoo to be paired with his good buddy Oli Mata in the team's third defensive pairing come this Saturday for Game 1 against the Edmonton Oilers, which could be his last couple of games in a Chicago Blackhawks sweater. Alright, so I think that is going to wrap up defenseman Slater Cuckoo's regular season recap and also Monday, July 27th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it's out each day. And after the show... Ask your smart device to play the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news about a potential return to hockey in the next week. Also, coming up tomorrow, we will be doing a crossover episode where I will be joined by Lockdown Oilers host Tom Gazzola to discuss a couple of key matchups to look at in the upcoming Best of Five series between the Chicago Blackhawks and Edmonton Oilers. Alright, so thank you again for listening to Monday's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Until tomorrow's episode... Make sure to enjoy the rest of your day.